My guest expert today is Pam Hendrickson. Pam has been producing, launching, and marketing highly profitable products for many of the top names in the personal and professional development industry for over 20 years. In addition to consulting with entrepreneurs, celebrities, and CEOs, Pam spent almost 20 years at Robbins Research International, where she worked directly with Anthony Robbins as the Executive Vice President of Content and Product Development. Pam is the best-selling author, along with her colleague, Mike Keenigs, of Make, Market, Launch It, the ultimate product creation system for turning your ideas into income. She has grown her consulting and product development business to seven figures in just under two years, and I am thrilled that you're here with us, Pam, to share some of your best practices. Thank you. It's my absolute pleasure. Well, so I'm I'm going to be asking you a lot of questions today about your take on what it takes to play bigger in your life, in your career, in your income, in, you know, just what it takes to get out of your comfort zone and create really, really great things in your life. And before we do that, um, tell tell us a little bit, about, you know, the cliff notes of how you got to do what you're doing today. What was the process? Yeah, and, you know, I think like you and like many people, you know, nothing is ever a straight line, and we end up not at all where we thought we would end up, you know. <laughs> so, and I know you can relate to that. But, um, I, you know, I grew up in a, a small kind of blue-collarish town in western New York State with my mom was a piano teacher and a church organist, and my dad was a manufacturing engineer at Corning Glass. And so, you know, when I was growing up, it was a very traditional environment, and the values were education and tradition. And I was really taught that the answer to everything was education. So I worked really hard. I went to a great school, got a great degree. And when I graduated, I thought, okay, I'm going to go on and get my advanced degree in clinical psychology and such. And, you know, I just knew something wasn't right. And and I had a moment. I won't give you the whole story in this short time, but I was traveling home to from where I was in Providence, Rhode Island, to my parents' house in western New York State, and I totaled my car, almost totaled my life. And, you know, when something like that happens, I think you just go, whoa. And, and it's so funny, the things we think about, because as I'm, you know, in the snow and these mountains dealing with this car accident, all that kept going through my head is, oh, my gosh, this plan that I've been living out isn't the plan that's in my heart. You know, it's not what I want to do. So I went home, told my parents, you know what, I appreciate all this education, but guess what? It's not what I want to do. Um, <laughs> and they were really great about it. You know, they they um, wanted to support me. I don't think they knew how, but I'll, you know, something interesting about my family is my parents were always big fans of personal development. So, you know, we would go on family vacations, and my parents would play Earl Nightingale tapes. And, I mean, I think it was the only nine-year-old who knew what the strangest secret was. <laughs> you become what you think about. So anyway, long story short, they they said decided that the only way they could help me was to send me to California so that Tony Robbins could fix me. Oh. So, <laughs> went to this Tony Robbins event, kicking and screaming, and it changed everything for me because I saw a path. I, I was it was so refreshing to me this concept of people taking responsibility for their own lives and and that yeah you know stuff is going to happen sometimes bad stuff is going to happen. But we, the thing we do have control over is how we handle that and how we deal with that and who we become in that. So, you know, I, I, I really fell in love with the process. And as you said, I was there for 18 years. And, um, you know, I'll describe, I think you have another question coming up where I'll describe kind of what caused me to leave that and, and venture out on my own. 
Yeah, that's, that's, that's exactly, you know, so we're presented in life with different stages. And, and I was just talking to, to a, a dear client of mine yesterday about this, how you, you, you jump to a new plateau, a new stage and, and you master it. And then there gets to be a point in life where you say, okay, is this all there is or is there something beyond? And the beyond is always above so you have to leave your current comfort zone to get to the next level and everyone has different ways of dealing with the fear of change and and the fear of failure and success that comes along with it tell us about one or more points in your own life where you were asked to play a much bigger game um either from the outside or from from within knowing that you had to play bigger and and what happened as a process what was your process in, you know, was there fear or did you just tackle it and best practices? Yeah, yeah, and absolutely. <laughs> I'll disclose there were, there was a ton of fear. And, you know, I think for me, again, I'm, I'm sure many people can relate is that, you know, I was at the Tony Robbins organization for a long time, almost 18 years. And toward the end, my mom became ill. She had mm-hmm. cancer. And it was about five and a half weeks from the moment we found out she was sick to the moment she passed on. And she said two things to me in the five days before she passed that, that just, you know, you something happens and you know you just can't go back, right? So the two things she said to me is the first thing is she said, you know, uh, life is fleeting, but that's what makes it so precious. And I thought I had two little boys at the time. They were, they were, you know, one was an infant, one was a toddler. And I just, when she said that, it just hit me. I was like, you know, I come screaming home in the driveway at 8 o'clock at night from my job, and I love my job, but I'm like running up the stairs just in the hope I get there in time to kiss my boys goodnight. And, you know, I love what I do, but I'm missing out on what's important to me. And you know what? There's got to be a way to support my family and really put that first and be here for them, but also do something I really love. So so that was really profound. And then she said to me, she quoted, she loved quotes. She quoted her favorite quote, which was from Dr. Wayne Dyer, which is that you you come into this world with nothing, you leave this world with nothing, and all you have is what you give while you're here. And when she said that, I went, ah, you know, I knew I was kind of playing small. I wasn't living the full gifts of of what I was here to give. And, you know, it's the thing about having a job is a job is great, but, but you're trading your time for money. And I knew as long as I did that, there would be a ceiling on what I'd be able to accomplish, not only financially, but but just lifestyle-wise and, and how it was important to me to live my life. And so just going through the process of losing someone so close to me and thinking about what is most important in life, you know, and, and really it became beyond me. So you talk about principles. I think, you know, a common success principle, and, and you've been around a lot of really successful people. I've, you know, I've had a backstage pass to a lot of the, you know, most famous personal development speakers, celebrities, entertainers, um, politicians, sports figures, you name it. I've, I've been with them all in boardrooms and backstage, and everybody has fear. Everybody isn't going to sure it's going to work out. Everybody has tough times. But it's it's having that bigger picture about what you want for your life, I think, and knowing it's not going to go perfectly, knowing it's never a straight line, but but all the beauty in life happens that level just beyond your comfort zone. Exactly. You know, I'm so glad that you said that everybody has fear because I was 
just speaking to someone about this where I said, oh, yeah, every new level, there's a new devil. And, of course, I get, I get fearful. And I said, you, Fabian, you get fearful? I said, of course, everyone does. I love that you, you, you took us backstage and, and told us that it, other people make it look easy, and therefore we think something's wrong with us. We think perhaps we're not good enough if we have fear. But everyone has fear. Exactly. The compare monster, I call it. We, you know, one of their monsters that show up in all of our lives, and I think particularly as women, which is which is why I love what you're doing as a woman in business, especially. But I think, you know, the comparison monster can rear its ugly head. And, you know, the truth is, you never know what's going on with somebody, but it's so easy to look on the outside and say, well, they're doing this and this and this. And, you know, they make it all look easy and, you know, I'm home and I'm struggling with getting my kids out the door in the morning for school and, you know, it's just we compare and that does does not serve. It doesn't. And that that feeling of inadequacy that comes from, from the comparison, you know, one of the things that I, um, that I, uh, one of the chapters in my book, uh, Embrace Your Magnificence, talks about this comparison and I talk about the fact that we compare ourselves to somebody's, you know, best day um, with our worst day. And we look at their their sheen and their glossy and their it took a village to get them to look like that and they're not telling you what's going on behind the scenes. And yet we don't compare it to our best day. We compare it to, you know, some of our worst days. And of course it, the, the 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 difference uh between you know between the results is going to be significant. So so good for for our folks today to hear that everybody has fear. Now, what have you seen? Let's stay backstage with all these celebrities and uh, politicians and and personal development, um, you know, giants. And what have you witnessed that they do to get out of the fear? Yeah, it's a great question. I mean, I think the biggest thing is just act in spite of the fear. I mean, I think rather than trying to resist and push down and push away the fear, they they use it. They 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 don't make themselves wrong for having it. They just take action in spite of it. I think that's number one. I think number two is if I were to say what what you know they probably all have in common is just a higher purpose. Just really understanding what they want and why they're doing what they're doing and. You know, it's, 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 you know, the whole thing about purpose is it's a direction, right? It's not the final resting place. It's, it's the reason for the trip, if you will. And so I think having a bigger vision for, you know, what you can give and, and focusing on other people. You know, I always say that one of the best and fastest ways out of stress is to focus on others. You know, you're having a rotten day and something happened at work or whatever it is. Your kid comes home and they broke their arm. Nothing else matters in that moment. All of your focus energy is going to go to helping that person. Or a client gets a hold of you and they're having an SOS moment in their business. You know, it's, it's so easy for us to just stop and focus on, on helping them. And so I think that that having that purpose and just putting the focus outside of ourselves and, and understanding that the fear isn't going to go away is just part of part of the experience and not making ourselves wrong for it. 
Absolutely. So it's a great question. I haven't really thought about it in that way, so I hope that answer supports you. It really does. You know, I often talk about acting in spite of fear. It's a, it's a big part of, of what we talk about because, you know, it's just, it is. It's, it's the ego is going to show up anytime we try to play bigger. Why? Because the ego wants to keep us a status quo, and the ego's biggest sword is fear. And so it's yeah. going to use that sword relentlessly, especially when you're about to break through that barrier uh, to, to, the, to, to your next level, that's when the ego is going to, you know, push all panic buttons and make you, you know, really, really scared because it's going to go for gold, you know. And acting, if, when you know the game, you know it's a game. When you see the fear come up, know that it's just the tug and pull of, you know, uh, spirit wanting you to take, you know, much bigger steps and and go upward and onward and, and ego just trying to hold you back. Just recognize that it's a game. Right. And now that you know the rules, you know, you know how to play it. And then I, and one of the things I often share is that, right, I'm, I'm underlining what you said, Pam, is that, we take the focus off of us and put it on something else, right? The higher purpose, et cetera, because it's, it's not about us. It's never been about us, and it will never be about us. We are simply a vehicle for the greater good, and that helps us. If we just put our focus on that, it helps us overcome whatever obstacle is getting in the way. So true, so true. Um, so let's talk about resistance. <laughs> I love talking about this because it's something that I don't know anybody who has fully mastered it. I certainly haven't. But, there, you know, there are times when you know that you should do something because it's going to take you to where you want to be, and then you experience resistance. Like, oh, I don't feel like it. I'm not willing to do that. Have you ever encountered resistance around doing something that you knew you had to do? And and if so, what did you do to get past the resistance? Uh, Stephen Pressfield wrote a great book called The The War of Art. And it's all about the resistance to sit down in the chair and write every day if you are a writer or the resistance that comes from let's in if you're trying to lose weight and 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 you know the resistance like ah I don't want to have another piece of celery I want that chocolate cake. Uh, what what's your interpretation of resistance and how do you get past it in your own life? Yeah, it's great. Another great question. Um, you know, it's, it's a couple things, and I think you know resistance is, is all the time. And, and you look at you know going back to Norman Vincent Peale used to tell the story of Gene Tunney. Um, who, I apologize, I don't remember if he was, I think he was a boxer, either a boxer or a weightlifter, and when he was asked how he achieved such great heights, the answer was, well, every day I push against huge amounts of resistance. And so, you know, definitely, you know, of course, as we know, resistance is, is pushing against it is a thing that makes us stronger. I'm a big fan of setting up the environment to support us. So, for example, when I, you know, I was I right around the time my mom passed away and I had had my two boys, I had gained about 30 pounds, you know, and I was I was pretty heavy. 
and when I started my own business, and, and I work a lot in product creation. I help entrepreneurs get their ideas to market and, and package and, and market you know, information products or really any type of product. And so I knew I was going to be doing a lot of speaking and presenting, and, and I just wanted to feel good about myself. I wanted the energy, and I just I, I hated being overweight. So, you know, I I just did the good old-fashioned, you know, count what you eat, and, and I lost weight, but I did something different at that time. The, in the past when I had lost weight, I didn't really change anything in my environment. This time, after I lost the weight, I went through my closet and I gave away every single piece of clothing that was oversized X, mm-hmm. and literally I will not let myself ever buy a size bigger. So if I find my pants getting tight or anything like that, I environmentally it's set up that I can't go back, you know, or you make a public commitment. There are times when, you know, it's, it's one of the things with product, right? I mean, you've got your core products, but you've got to be continually coming out with new stuff. Well, I find the best way to kind of get me to do it and to do it in a way that's giving customers what they want is schedule an event, schedule a webinar, schedule something mm-hmm. or make a public commitment because then even though the fear is going to show up, you're not going to let that other person down. So I think maybe those are the two things, like an environmental structure that sets you up, but also a public commitment. Yeah, environment is everything. Um, I, I used to do, you know, health coaching, holistic health counseling, you know, many years ago, 15, 14, 15 years ago. And if you wanted to eat whole grains and vegetables and fruit and, you know, cut out all the the junk, if if your fridge still has ding-dongs and your cabinets are filled with Doritos and Cheetos, your environment is not going to support you. In the same way that I talk about, you know, if you're, if you're doing it on your own in your business um, or if, you, if your environment is made up of people who don't know what they're doing, then there's no best practices, there's no expert coaching, there's no accountability, there's no peer support, there's no commitment, there's no encouragement. When you don't have those things, you don't move as fast in your business uh, and you take a lot of detours. But when you are in a structured uh, environment with strong mentorship and a peer group of advancing uh, individuals, and this is why we have the Client Attraction Business School, when you have that, the best practices, the, the expert coaching, the accountability, daily accountability, when you have, you know, this structure and these people who are rooting for you, of course your results are going to increase. It's that environment. So as you're listening to to Pam giving you this great advice, I want you to think about the kind of environments that you're in, you know, like the environment around, you know, if, if you're looking to be more fit, what what is, what is your closet? What is your current clothing uh, letting you get away with? Right? If you think about your kitchen, what is your current kitchen letting you get away with? How is it supporting you or not supporting you? If it's in your business, um, you know, how have you set up or not set up structures that keep you moving forward? Um, because in the end, this is all about personal responsibility, isn't it, Pam? Absolutely, absolutely. I'm a huge fan of personal responsibility, and I have a feeling that you are too, especially since, you know, you you Norman Vincent Peale and you've been talking about, you know, Earl Nightingale and all that. Tell me how personal responsibility plays a role in your life. Yeah, and I think, you know, and it's ironic. I've thought a lot about it because I have just 
through my parents, and I've I've been in personal and professional development for over 20 years now, right? So I've had a chance to kind of have a big-picture perspective about what it all has in common, and there are a few things, but I think I think you hit the nail on the head. One of those things is taking responsibility for your life, but I think the thing is we all want to take responsibility, right? I mean, we all kind of know that that's not a, a breakthrough concept, that, that it makes sense that when we take responsibility for our lives, things are better. I think the trick comes in 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 the, the mental games we play with ourselves around that. And what I mean by that is we're so afraid of letting ourselves down or we're so afraid of letting those around us down or we're so afraid of what will happen if we don't achieve our goals exactly how we laid it out. Sometimes it's so painful to think about that, oh, my gosh, I just didn't get it done. Mm. You know? and, and so I think the, the key with the personal responsibility is, being attached to your vision and being attached to your growth and, and constant improvement in your business and in your personal life and with who you are. You know, if every day you just get better in one area in your business and one area in your personal life, you're going to turn around in a year and you're going to be in a completely different space. But when we get attached to things happening exactly on our timeline, the way we want them to, precisely exactly how we've defined them in our head or on, in writing, then I think we're setting ourselves up because, you know, nature abhors a straight line. I've heard that quote somewhere, and I love that quote. Mm-hmm. And so I think the responsibility comes in understanding that and embracing that it is a journey, and and that helps us, I think, be a little bit kinder to ourselves in in the process, you know, and, and to um, eliminate some of that comparison and judgment um, because I, I think we think, personal responsibility and judgment are are the same thing. You know, they're really the same thing, right? You know, so, and, and they're not, you know, and we don't want to judge. I mean, the, there's there's no winner and there's no loser. Um, the goal is for everybody to win, and the goal is just for us to keep getting better. Exactly. And as this is a journey, you can change your life in an instant. And the way to change your life is however you want it to change, is to take personal responsibility for your choices. So in each moment, now, 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 you guys have a choice, right? You could do things the old way or you can do things the the new way. And, it's you know, I think we all wait for this big bang of, you know, our life is going to change when something massive lands in our lap, and that happens too. But there is a continuous choice that comes along with personal responsibility to just do things slightly differently in each moment in the direction of of your goal. So when presented with the fork in the road, are you going towards your goal or are you going away from your goal? And just know that with each of those decisions, with each of those choices, you create your future. You create your own results. Nobody creates them for you. I love Oprah. You know, always says, "Yeah, I may have, I may have, you know, the trainer and the chef, but you know, it's my, you know, rear end that is on that treadmill every day, because nobody can get on the treadmill for you, and and that's that's personal responsibility, right? So, Pam. I've, I have certain mantras in my life. I have certain guiding principles, things that I know to be true about life based on my experiences, based on what I've read. 
Um, you know, I believe a lot in focus. You know, a strong focus now creates a different future later. I believe in um, the fact that everybody wants to feel significant. Uh, there's so many different little things that I believe about life that allows me to keep getting bigger and better each and every time. What are some of the things that you, some of the truths or mantras that you have in your own life um, that inspire you to stay on track and play bigger? That's a great question. Um, I, you know, first and foremost, I would say it's about imperfect action. And and it's, you know, it's what I said when we were talking about responsibility is it's consistent progress. It's, you know, knowing what you want. I think then getting the training you need from, from people who have done it, right, like like what you're doing with, with your clients. And, and just as an aside, I what the thing I love about client attraction is I wholeheartedly believe 20-some years in business that that is everything. And knowing who your exact customer is and being able to understand and relate and, and connect with them is everything. I mean, that that is the linchpin. So I think, you know, being clear what you want, getting the training from people who have done it, like yourself, and then taking action but keeping it simple. So it's it's not just action. It's imperfect action. It's just any action that's taking you in the direction you want. And sometimes it's, you know, the path of mastery is two steps forward and one step back. So I think imperfect action is one of them. And I think, you know, another one I would have, and I suppose I got this from my mom, is that the whole concept that you get what you give in this world. And, you know, it's, it's um, you know, the Bible talks about you reap what you sow, and Socrates called it the law of cause and effect, and, you know, Emerson calls it the law of compensation. Um, you know, in science, you have gravity. If gravity works the same for all of us. If we fall from a building, we're all going to gain speed at the same rate of 32 feet a second. It doesn't matter whether we believe in it or not. It's just a universal law of life. And so I think really thinking about that and saying, you know what, the thing that's going to get me to take that imperfect action is, is you know, wanting to give and, and wanting to make a difference and realizing that, you know, I really do have something that I can share that, that can make a difference for people. Um, we all have experiences and things that, that we can share that can help people and, and getting past that fear so we can just help them. So, so I think those are, those are two kind of mantras, if you will, that I think are, that have been important to me anyway. Mm, really, really inspiring. So much truth in that. So great. Pam, any last thoughts or inspiration that um, you want to share or leave with our students of the, the Play Bigger Masterclass today? Any, you know, any inspiration about playing bigger and getting out of your own way and, and, and really creating something, a legacy, whether it's your business or your life? What would you share as a, as a last thought today? Yeah, such such a great question. I mean, it's a, it's a lot of what we talk about, but I think it's it's really giving ourselves permission to succeed and to have what we want. And and you know, when when all these other things start popping up and getting the way in the way, just recognizing that's just another test on the journey, you know. And so the more we can believe we can do it and build our confidence that we can do it the more we encourage and affirm each other as well as ourselves and and don't worry about the mistakes. I mean, my goodness, when I first started my own business, Fabian, 
I, you know, I, it was a big struggle for me because I had this successful corporate career, and I was terrified to take that leap of faith and start my own business. But I also knew if I never tried, I would live would live with that regret forever. So when I made that decision, I went out on my own, and, and I'll tell you what, within three months, I fell completely flat on my face. And, wow. you know, I don't know if you've ever experienced what business failure feels like, but it was awful, and it was embarrassing, and, and having to go back to my old job with my tail between my legs was was really difficult. But, you know, it's in those moments that caused me to do some soul searching and say, okay, why didn't this work? What was I missing? You know, and and so often we get caught up in the doing. And for me, that was it. I was missing the big picture. And so, you know, you you go back with these new set of lessons, and the next time is better and better and better and better. And that's what builds up our confidence. So it's it's kind of a cycle, I think, that that gets us to where we want to be. So in embracing all the pieces along the way in the journey, celebrating the successes that we have with each other. And just, you know, continuing to encourage and affirm each other and ourselves, you know, to me, to me, is is the way to get there. Yeah, really well said. Really well said. I had such a good conversation with you today. Really, and thank you. Thank you. Likewise. I love great questions. I do a fair number of interviews, and I will say your questions go, go very, very deep. I appreciated that. It, it caused me to really have to think, and I, I love that. Good, good. Well, um, you've given us so much valuable information. Guys, listen to this podcast um, at least once more, if not, you know, twice, because so many really good nuggets were shared um, by Pam today and in this conversation. Pam, there are going to be some folks on the line who will want to know more about um, how you could help them, uh, you know, launching their products and, and really getting into that uh, advice-giving Space, information marketing space. Um, how can they find you? Very, very easy. Just go to pamhendrickson.com, and that's just my name, P-A-M-H-E-N-D-R-I-C-K-S-O-N.com. And there's a there's a free video series um, right there on the homepage of my site. And if you scroll down on my site, I will actually give away a free PDF copy of my book as well, which which really walks through the seven steps of getting any idea to market, turning your ideas into income, and getting that revenue on autopilot that that you know that that's so important to all of us. But also has a lot of the philosophical principles like what we've been sharing today. And so those resources are all there on pamhendrickson.com, and, and I look forward to, to getting to know any, anyone new who wants to join the journey here. Sounds great. So, guys, it's pamhendrickson.com. Go there. Go check out what she has. And, uh, Pam, just thanks so much for being with us today and sharing so much um, yumminess, as I call it, so many really valuable tips, and, um, and we're just so grateful to have had you. Thank you, Fabian. It's been wonderful. Thank you.